The Sign Out Podcast has partnered with Outdoor by Four to bring you this conversation. Welcome to the Sign Out Podcast. Here we interview individuals who are pursuing their passion and who want to share that story. Yes, I was hit by a semi-truck. I was like, am I okay? And I realized that was almost my line in the sand. That was almost where the obituary was written, the resume's done, here's who you are, goodbye. And so this 40th birthday was coming and I started asking friends, there's one mountain in the whole wide world that you would climb. What mountain is that? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Sign Out Podcast. This is your host today, Daniel Thornton. Really excited to get back on here and set up another great conversation. Our guest today, um, brought to you by Outdoor by Four as well, is Jen Drummond. Jen Drummond and I are going to have plenty to talk about. But just to give you a small snippet of what we're going to start with, is she just returned from climbing the seven highest, the second seven highest summits on seven different continents. And she just got back recently from that trip. So when you think about climbing a mountain, whether it's in Colorado or Utah, think about going to seven different continents, climbing the the tallest one there, the second tallest one there, even though she has done Everest as well, just doing all these difficult climbs and then to do it in a record time. So Jen, thanks so much for coming on the podcast today. Um, I know there's a great story behind how you got there, but it, give us a little more detail about what the second uh, seven highest summits is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, it's a long, like long story, right? Got in a car wreck, fast forwarded my life into what was important, was turning 40 in 2020, wanted to do something epic for my first birth, like 40th birthday to launch the decade. So started this climbing pursuit, and I decided to climb the seven second summits, which are the second highest point on each continent, mm-hmm. primarily because they're harder than the first seven. They haven't been done by a female before. Um, and in the mountaineering community, it's a respected pursuit. Um, sometimes people who do the first seven, it's a great pursuit, but people call it like you can Mickey Mouse it up there as in pay your way up to the tops of some of those summits. They're is none of that happening in the second summits at all. So there's, yeah, there's not that same life support or that entire industry built on getting up each one of those, right? Yeah, right. No, like you can climb Everest. I did it. You don't have to ever set up a tent. You don't ever have to boil water. You don't have to ever wonder what direction to go or right. when to go or any of those decisions to make. You don't even, you carry your oxygen tank because you have to, but everything else can be carried by a Sherpa. Um, you get into the second summit and all of a sudden you're making weather calls, you're making route calls, you're putting up tents, you're carrying all your gear, you're learning how to do all the, all the things, all the things. Well, let's take a step back. You just glossed over. You're in a major car wreck that really kind of made you second guess some things in life, but that was, I mean, it was a big accident, right? Yes. I was hit by a semi truck and going, you know probably a little bit over the speed limit. (laughs) And so I flipped the car end over end three times and then started rolling sideways and was like gliding across the median. And I just remember like hearing this sound, like, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? But it sounded very distant. And then it started getting loud. Well, it was really like me kind of coming back too because Mm -hmm. the person was in the same position talking the same level the entire time. And once I kind of realized 
oh wait, this person, this voice is talking to me. I like was like, am I okay? I don't even know if I'm okay, to be honest with you. And I didn't even want to look because I could feel how warm my body was. I could see that my car was a shattered mess. Like there weren't windows in the window spots anymore. And so I closed my eyes and wiggled my fingers and toes. I'm like, I'm okay. I can feel my fingers and toes. I'm okay. I can feel my fingers and toes. And I share that story because even today when I'm on like crazy points in the mountain or like crazy things going on with like my kids where they trigger me or something like that, I'll close my eyes and I'll be like, okay, I can feel my fingers and toes. I'm okay. Like whatever's going on is in my head. It's not in my body. And so I'm okay. Well, so that's a start. That was a moment where you're like, okay, I'm going to do something big. I survived this. But to, to be able to just go climb any mountain is a project. To be able to do seven mountains. But then you also have a seven children as well. It's not like you're just the single lady out there just running around. I mean, you have a whole family that you're taking care of that, you know, that's a, it's a big commitment and pursuit to figure out how do I, where do I find the time? How do I do all these things? What, what, you know, what changed in my life that I'm going to go climb all these seven mountains? Yeah. You know, so I have seven children blessed with seven little blessings. They're amazing. They're age 16 to 10. And I was doing the societal mom role. Mm -hmm. Right. I was in the room at the classrooms helping out. Didn't really love it, but I was doing it. I was driving to practices, doing the homework, doing all the things that we do as mothers um, and kind of 100 percent put my life on hold. And I kept selling myself on the idea that once I get them to college, then I can do me. Once I do this, then I can do me. And then I got into this horrific accident. And I realized like that was almost my line in the sand. That was almost where the obituary was written. The resume's done. Here's who you are. Goodbye. And when I looked at that resume, I was like, man, I have so much in me that I wish I would have experienced or done or seen or explored. And is there a way that I can do motherhood and my passions? Right. And I realized like, I mean, I got in the accident in December of 2018. 2019 was this big year of why was I saved? What does this mean? Who even am I? What are my passions? What even gets me excited? Like, I really felt like I was saved for a reason. And so I needed to figure out what that was. And then I also needed to live that. And I needed to give my myself permission to live that. And it was hard at first, but then I realized once I started leaning into things that made me happy, I was happier and my kids were happier. And my kids saw a mom that loved her life and didn't apologize. And I want them to have that life, right? Like I realized like every day I'm demonstrating what it's like to be a mom. What does that even look like to somebody outside of me? And once I started doing things that got me excited, I was like, oh, now my kids might want to be a mom someday. I don't know if they necessarily wouldn't have wanted to be a mom before, but the mom they had before the accident was checking off the to-do list of required things. The mom after the accident was, let's live this life. Like, let's do the things that make us excited. And like both work, but I feel like the second one's better. So what what got you to 
wanting to go mountaineering. And I asked that because, you know, a lot of people are like, well, I'm going to run a half marathon. I'm going to run a marathon. I can go out on my street. doesn't matter where I live. I can go train, do that. I could even maybe, I, I live in down the coast in Houston. I can, different things I could do down here that is going to take some work and some training, but mountaineering is another next level activity. It does help that I live in Park City, Utah. Okay. Okay. So like yep. my backyard is a ski resort. So in the winter we ski it and the summer we hike it. Right. So, right. So if you went for a run, I could go for a run and it would go vertical because I live in a town that's basically all vert. Um, so that like kind of lined up with it there to make the training easier. Um, I had moved to park city in 2015, met some people that were big mountaineers were and So they wanted to go climb the grand Teton town in Jackson hole. Mm-hmm. And they asked me to go with them. So that was like my first real mountain is climb the grand. And it was the most amazing experience ever, right? Like it, it's that, it's that pursuit. It's the summit. It's coming home. It's the quiet time. It's the fresh air. It's the nature. It's disconnecting from the noise of our lives. It's all those pieces. And I had the great time. I kind of tabled that in the back of my mind like, Oh, I want to do that again. But you know, you have seven kids and you have soccer practice and you have all these different things that I just didn't make it a priority ever. I always had an excuse to not do anything. Well, when the accident happened and then 2020, I had this big birthday and I'm like, you know what, what do I want to do for my 40th that just really launches this next decade? And, you know, you being around finance, you learn like, okay, what do I want to do my 40s? What do I want to do my 50s? What do I want to do with like, I started like breaking things out into decades and I realized like museums and artwork that I wanted to see that could wait till my eighties. Like I, I don't need to be super mobile to do any of that kind of stuff. Some of these things where I was like, I want to climb a mountain, like another, a bigger mountain was on my list. I'm like, Oh, I should do that now because I'm young and fit and it should, it's going to be easier. And so this 40th birthday was coming and I started asking friends, there's one mountain, just one in the whole wide world that you would climb. What mountain is that? And the one that got the most boats was a mountain called Ama de Blom which is a mountain in Nepal, um, in the Himalayas near Everest. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to do Ama de Blom for my 40th birthday. And that kind of started the whole pursuit. Wow. That's, that's really, um, it's great that you found that, like that pursuit to want to, to find this passion in mountaineering. And then you're able like, okay, I'm just going to find, I want to go see what's, What's the best one to do from your friends? And then you do it. But even that, that for, for most people, that's like, that's enough, right? Like I did it. I'm done. Like, wow. Went to another country, got to see this great culture. I climbed a huge, I mean, there's so many huge mountains to climb. Right. But then you're like, wow, wait, that, that didn't fill the full basket though. Right. Oh, well, yeah. Well, here's the funny story about this whole climbing pursuit is that I'm training for this mountain called Ama de Blom. And all of a sudden I'm a homeschool teacher because COVID happens and I get to (laughs) homeschool seven humans, right? So I'm doing like my step-ups, my son's working on his math homework and I'm like, he's boobing about it. I'm like, listen, buddy, we do hard things in this family. You're fine. And he looks at me and he goes, if we do hard things, why are you climbing a mountain called I'm a dumb blonde (laughs) instead of a real mountain called Everest? And I was like, I'm a blonde. 
not I'm a dumb blonde, but cute. <laughs> and, you know, we'll look at Everest. And so like, it, it, so he did his math homework and then we started researching Everest. And then I started thinking about it. I'm like, you know what? If the perception of my son is that Everest is the biggest, hardest, most amazing mountain in the world, maybe I should climb Everest to just show him that we can do whatever we set our mind to and work towards and all these things. And then I started kind of getting excited about Everest. So then I called a coach and the coach is like, 100%, I can get you ready. No big deal. You have the athletic background. This will be great. And he's like, buy this book. So he had me buy a book called The Uphill Athlete. I bought the book. I'm reading it. In the foreword of this book, there was a lady who had gotten a Guinness World Record for like crossing the Alps or doing something. I don't quite remember what it was. But in a phone call to the coach, I was like, I could have done that. I could have done that and I would have gotten a Guinness World Record and my kids would think I'm cool because they all learned how to read and Guinness World Records. And I'm not going to grow some huge pumpkin or eat a thousand hot dogs in two minutes. So, man, I wish I would have known about that because I can suffer. And my coach was like kind of laughing or whatever. He's like, we'll find you a record. Da, 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 da. And we kind of let it go. Then two months later in one of our conversations, he's like, Jen. I have the perfect Guinness world record for you. He's like, I think you should be the first female to climb the seven second summits, seven mountains, seven continents, seven kids. Like you're looking for like a reason why you're here. I think this could really open up into a great adventure. And I said, yes, it will. Let's do it. And it kind of unfolded that way. Wow. I'm curious to go back. Uh you have to be athletic to do these to some degree, right? You had yeah. a good base. So growing up, were you into sports or what, what kind of, were you even into outdoors growing up? Did you have any of that in your past? No, I like, I literally went camping for the first time when we climbed like the Grand Teton, like, yeah. right. So like, so this was new for sure. But like growing, you look backwards on your life and you say like, wow, did my life really have all these little dots that connected to this point here? And it's kind of funny because I was a gymnast when I was really little. So gymnasts are super strong, very body aware and know how to like move their body in the air and typically make pretty good climbers because of that knowledge. Then I got into soccer. Well, soccer is amazing for mountaineering because you have the endurance, but then you also have like the sprint muscles because you can have to go fast and long and short and all that kind of stuff. And when I moved to Park City originally, I put the kids in school and I didn't like know anybody or have any connections here. So then I joined a triathlon club because who trains all the time? Triathletes. So I'm like, then I'll meet people, right? Like they get together all the time. They do these long days together. So then I kind of like reestablished that endurance piece. So when the mountaineering piece came into play, all the building blocks were already there. It was just aligning them, awakening them and training them. Wow. That's, that's amazing. Now we're talking a little pretty casual, like, oh, you went and did these seven summits. You've mentioned the phrase, do hard things. I know I've never done that. I know for a fact, that's extremely hard going up these mountains and that doing hard things is exactly what it says. That was not, it doesn't, you could probably take one and it's extremely difficult. So as you're going through and you get the first one done, or even the first one, and you're coming onto those roadblocks, and you're like, what am I doing? Like, yes. what is this? So 
what is your process on taking care of those thoughts and moving through that? Yeah. So here's like, you know, sequencing of events always lines up to make sense afterwards, but I had no social media at the time that I started this pursuit. And mind you, this is like COVID time, right? 2020. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I'm going to take this on. And then once I do it, then we'll kind of talk about it or whatever. And a girlfriend of mine in Park City pulled me aside and she's like, listen, you need to do this pursuit and open up an Instagram account and do some of this stuff so that we can follow along. Because the closest that I'm going to get to any of these adventures or any of these mountains is living through you. And she goes, and even more so, the closest our daughters are going to get to watching somebody have a feat that's visual, that shows all the aspects of a goal and motion is you. Because everybody they see successful it's not really visual. It's not really easy for that. It's already, they've already been there. We haven't seen the making of Beyonce. We just see that Beyonce has been made, right? She's like, this is a huge opportunity to show kids like what it takes to make all this stuff happen. So I'm like, Oh, I'm in, you hit my soft spot hundred percent. And so then I like started social media and I really got clear on my why, like, why am I doing this? It's not, I mean, I enjoy the pursuit, right? Like if you enjoy what you're doing and you're having fun, good riddance on whatever happens because you're having fun and you're enjoying it. So it doesn't really matter the outcome, right? So that was one key piece to it. The other key piece to it was, okay, I'm a mom. I know a ton of moms that are going through the motions. And I've realized that when you start living your passion and not just going through the motions, everybody benefits. Like the bathwater raises for everybody. And then when you are doing these things and people are watching, you're looking at it like not only are you in the moment, but you're kind of observing the moment and you realize these are, there's so many teaching moments in these pieces. And so anytime I was in a hard time, I was like, oh, this happened for me to be able to teach an overcoming lesson or to be able to learn how to do the next piece better or to prepare me for what's ahead. It was always for me, not to me. And it was always like, Hey, people are watching. What do you want them to gain from your experience? And just having those filters allowed me to stay strong and put in what I was doing, because I kind of felt like I had a reason that was so important that I just had to keep going. How did your kids specifically keep you motivated in those? Oh, you know, like, here's the cool thing. When I did Everest, I'd never been gone from home that long before, Mm -hmm. like ever. Right. So I went to the school and I said, Hey, listen, I'm going to be gone longer than I've ever been gone. Grandma's coming to stay. The nanny's there, but my kids might be off. So if they're off a little bit, can you just give them a little bit of grace and understand that, Hey, I'm not there. And it's maybe a lot for them to take on. And the school said, why don't we do, and what's your Everest campaign? And we'll do this set your going campaign with all the kids in the school. We'll put little hikers in the hallway. They'll say what their goal is. They made a huge Everest mountain in the entryway of the school, made me as a little hiker. I had a tracking device on me. So then the kids could see where I was going and what I was doing. And so then when my when I was gone, my kids were loved on more than anybody, right? They're like, everybody asks, like, well, how's your mom? We saw where she is. This is so cool. How exciting. So it became this like whole community pursuit of Jen climbing Everest, which was, you know, my kid, their kid's mom. And so they loved it. 
They thought it was the coolest thing ever. I mean, I still can go downtown and one of the kids might come up to me and they'll be like, you're the mom, you're the mom that climbed Everest. I, this is my goal. I'm like, how's your goal coming? That's awesome. So it really helped to have that much support in the beginning because then my kids thought it was so cool. Then we got an award from the governor and we like the press has been very friendly and they just, it's been fun. It's been fun for all of them. That's great. That's, that's, that's really good. And, and can see the joy that it brings you, which goes back to what we were talking about and what you said earlier about, I'm a better mom now because I'm in a better place. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's great. So when we talk about, you know, one thing I like to do is talk about how people can relate to this, right? This is such a massive thing that you did. It's an incredible feat, but some people, they're just not there. They're not, they're never going to be there to want to go climb a mountain. Like I know I'm not going to climb a mountain, but I think in that though is the motivation to just do something different or to do something a little more. And the importance that, you know, when anyone listens to this conversation, to not be overwhelmed by Jen climbing Everest and the seven second summits, but actually hear Jen saying, hey, I had this idea and I had this motivation and this passion, and I just decided I was going to pursue it. And the importance of pursuing that, and that doesn't, there's not, a, there, there's no gauge as to I'm better than you. It's the gauge of, I've got a passion, right? And what's what yeah. am I going to do? Yeah. No, and it's so true because we all have our mountain, metaphorical, literal, whatever you want to call it, right? Yes. And we all have these things that call us. And here's the thing, this journey unfolded in so many magical, beautiful, amazing ways because I said yes to something that excited me. And then that energy drew in other energy, which drew in other opportunities and all those things. Like I wasn't planning on climbing Mount Kenya until later in the pursuit because rock climbing isn't my strength and Mount Kenya is a 20 pitch rock climb. So I was like, oh, I'll give myself a little bit of time to learn how to rock climb and then I'll add Kenya in later. Well, someone had heard what I was doing and they said, hey, listen, Kenya got really hit hard with COVID. Our charity raised enough money to help them get an ambulance to bring people to the hospital, blah, 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 blah. If you're going in the next two months, would you mind being the face of our charity to help deliver this? Because then we don't have to spend the resources on, like, so like I could collaborate with this charity, do this amazing work, learn all about these things that are going on in Kenya that I would have never been privileged to had I not started on the pursuit. So once you start on something that gets you fired up, then other people hear about it and then they want to collaborate with you. And then you make so much more possible in whatever you're doing. It doesn't right. have to be mountain climbing. It can be anything. Right. And really being open to what's going on around you and aware to what's going on around you, because you never know the person you're going to run into, the relationship you're going to build. But it does it does take that first step. Right. You've got to get off the couch. Yeah. Right. And you deserve to get off the couch. Like you really have this one magical life. We have this huge global playground that has so many different environments and so many different things. Like not all of my kids love mountaineering, but some of them really love the water. Right. So then we get to go spend time in the water and experience that piece. Are we going to go spend climbing? Are we going to go spend doing? I mean, there's just so much to do. Right. There is. So how do you how do you stay motivated? Oh, I think I'm natural. Like, I don't know. I, like, how do I unmotivate myself? Well, that's, that's easy for you, from. right? 
Yeah. Like motivation is easy for me because I almost died. And I really think when you think like if tomorrow's my last day, right, you, you can have it. a lot of motion, motivation to do whatever you want to do. Right. And mm-hmm. so I really feel like breaking your life into decades or years or months or whatever, um, we're building our life resume with the choices we make. And I always like to say, okay, like 2021 was the year of Everest. 2022 was the year of K2. 2023 was the year of getting a world record. 2024 is going to be something, whatever it is. I just want that year to be known for something that got me excited and passionate. I don't know what it is yet. Still, you're still planning that part out, huh? Yeah, I'm letting it unfold. There's a lot of opportunity that's showing up now. So we'll see what happens. I think it's great. I think when you, at times we we take it for granted each day. It can be cliche like, oh, well, what if I know I'm going to die tomorrow? But I think when you meet, you know, we were talking earlier, I interviewed another gentleman who was in a horrific wreck in his 20s and it really changed the path of his life. And I think anytime you experience that or you experience in, um, could be a major car wreck, all kinds of, you know, crazy catastrophes in your life. It is time to kind of take a moment and reset priorities and figure out like, what it, what should I be doing? And that doesn't mean you have to go quit your job tomorrow and go do that because your job may be the reason that you can go do those things on the two weeks you're off or on Saturday, Sunday. Um, and so that, and and that might, it's good to have that stability in there. And so you shouldn't feel bad that, hey, I work eight to five, but, you know, outside of that, I'm still doing what I want to do. I'm traveling, I want to travel, or I'm working out like I want to work out. So each person should just really, you know, assess where are they? And then what do they want to do to feel like they are pursuing that passion? Right, 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 right. And if you're intentional, right? Like the power of intention is unbelievable and where it could carry and what it can make happen. I'm going home for a family vacation to see family for the first time in a couple of years because I've spent the last few summers on K2. Um, So I'm grateful, but like, I'm so excited about going home where sometimes I got, wasn't excited about going home. Like, oh my God, I got to go back to mosquito land and blah, 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 blah. And now I'm like, okay, I can look at it at mosquito land or I can look at it as like, my grandma's in her nineties. Like I need to go home and see her because I don't know when it's the next time that I get to. Right. right? I have all these people that I get to connect with and I'm focusing on all the things that I want to do and booking that trip up so that it's full of happiness instead of obligation. Yeah. And that's something of, we all have power over. Right. Memories. Um, we, we, we can make memories. We can control our attitude going in and out of things. Um, even when it gets tough, you know, You've said do hard things, right? Yeah. Get- well, we're in the business of creating the good old days right now. So I like look at it as I'm writing my nursing home stories. Like what I'm going to talk to my girlfriends about, like when we're at the nursing home, do you remember when we did this? Right, <laughs> so. right. That's right. And you're keeping yourself in good shape so that you can make it that far, which is, which is awesome. That's great. Jim, what is, what are the, how can people follow you? Like what's the best way to keep track of 20, the rest of 23, 24, um, I feel like there's still some more of the story. I mean, you, you, you have your own podcast. Yeah. You've been an entrepreneur. I mean, you've, you've worked very hard in the business world, you know, in your career. So what are ways to, for folks to really keep track of what's going on with you? Yeah, please, please, please. So I feel like the best place is the website because that's kind of home base. So mm-hmm. 
www.jendrummond.com. And Jen is J-E-N-N. And then Drummond is D-R-U-M-M-O-N-D. Um, and then that has links to all my different social channels. I have summit notes that kind of document the different experiences that we've had, which I've had all of it. I got anthrax on K2. I like had a friend lose his fingers to frostbite. This recent expedition, we had to sleep in all of our gear because we thought the tent was going to rip and we were going to die. So we need to be prepared. Like there are so many riveting stories on the site. If you start going through the summit notes, um, we're in the process of turning some of the footage into like, little mini videos on YouTube and there's all kinds of fun stuff. Wow. I'm looking forward to diving into some of those stories. Um, a couple of final questions here. I'm curious after what you were just talking about, what's been your most scared on those seven summits? Yeah, honestly, like I've been on K2, which literally feels like you're playing Frogger because it feels like that mountain is just shooting rocks at you all the time that you have to avoid and not get hit by. Oh, wow. But the last mountain I was Dick Tau, I was in a lightning storm, which before that I thought you only could see lightning. I didn't know like you could feel it before it actually made the strike. So we had to hide underneath a rock for like two hours to get out of the electric magnetic fields that were going crazy because the ice axes would get hot on our back. And then you'd have to throw the ice axe down to do the disconnection from all the electric. Uh, oh, it was crazy. And then this last climb, I was on Mount Logan and we were in a horrific storm that was not anticipated. And we're in this teeny tiny, like, tent, I mean, a tent, tent fabric. Think of how skinny that is. We're in that tent and the wind is like pulling the tent taut, then letting it go, pulling it taut, letting it go. And the guide was like, listen, we need to get all of our gear on. If this tent rips, this is what you need to do to survive. This is why we're going to stay together, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I can't believe I'm having this conversation right now. Like I've already done all these hard mountains. You're telling me right now is the one we have to worry about. We were in a horrific storm for 16 hours. Um, and that was probably one of those moments where you're like, I don't know. I don't know how much I like this tent right now. <laughs> <laughs> I I think that lends to though being prepared, right? Yeah. 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 You can't predict, but you can prepare. Okay. Yeah, That's I mean, the biggest it, thing. <laughs> and, and that doesn't matter where, what you're trying to do. I mean, preparation is key for when it hits the fan and it's not going your way. If you're prepared, at least you have a fighting chance, right? Yeah. 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 And here's the thing, like, you, when times are good, times are good. It's where you are protected when times are bad. And that's like with your finances, right? Like that's with your business decisions. That's with your relationships. That's with whatever. You don't go to therapy for your marriage when things are good. You go to therapy. So you're prepared with tools when things don't go good. Right. right. And that's like all of life. <laughs> right. Right. That is, that is so true. Being prepared. Well, this is, um, I would encourage the listeners to go check out your website. You have your own podcast. Looks like a lot of great interviews. Um, some really, in fact, why don't you just talk a little bit about what that podcast focus is? Just, I think you do a better yeah. job than I would on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. So I started a podcast. It's um, Seek Your Summit. We did have a different name before, but we transitioned to Seek Your Summit. And it really shares stories of individuals who have had a like success in an area of their life and then wanted to transition into a life of significance. So we're talking about um, 
all different things. Like I had, I just interviewed Glenn Stearns, who won undercover billionaire, the Gilligan Island show, built a company, sold it to BlackRock, is a billionaire, um, watched BlackRock take it apart and destroy it. And then he like couldn't do anything about it and then started a new company because it was his passion and it's called kind lending and how they're giving back to the community and all this kind of stuff. And it's just a fun podcast to listen to different ways people have done life and have made impact. Right. And that all comes back to pursuing that passion, which is important. I think it's foundation. What we talk about on the sign out podcast is pursuing your passion. I think you've, well, when that passion hits you in the car, you knew right away that things were changing. Um, big pivotal, pivotal moment in your life. But thanks so much for this conversation today. It's been really fascinating to hear your story, to hear how you've put that passion first and how it blossomed, not your life, but your family's life. Yeah. And I think, you know, that that's not being selfish to you. That's you being selfish to your whole family because you want your whole family to be in a good spot. And I think yeah. that's another key takeaway here is, is the importance of each person finding that good place, putting themselves in that good place, pursuing that passion, and then letting that blossom to the relationships around. So I just really want to say thank you today for, you know, spending the half hour with us, telling us this story, looking forward for what you have. I'm going to be watching the website now going forward. So I'm going to be excited and following you on Instagram, looking for the next big trip or the next big summit. But uh, just thanks today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for your time. I love sharing this story. So appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Sign Out Podcast. Make sure you check out Jen's website. It's jendrummond.com. That's J-E-N-N-D-R-U-M-M-O-N-D.com. Special thanks to Four Wheel Pop-Up Campers, purveyors of vehicle-based adventure, for their generous support of the Sign Out Podcast. Learn more about four-wheel pop-up campers and their variety of base camp adventure products by visiting 4wh.com. That's F-O-U-R-W-H.com. Make sure you check out our website at signoutco.com. We have a bunch of original design t-shirts and hats and stickers. They're very cool. Check them out. And if you have about 30 seconds, if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, that would be much appreciated. It really helps us out. The music in this episode was made by me, Caleb J. Murphy. And if you want to hear more of my music, check out calebjmurphy.com. Again, thank you for listening to the Sign Out Podcast, and we will talk to you next time. The Sign Out Podcast is proudly brought to you by Outdoor by Four Magazine, a preeminent publication for responsible vehicle-based adventure travel, including overlanding. Outdoor by Four shares family-friendly content that resonates with a broad audience of adventurers, whether in a 4x4 vehicle, on two wheels, in a canoe or kayak, or on foot. Outdoor by Four's focus is on visual storytelling that appeals to all types of outdoor enthusiasts, while providing expert advice as well as dynamic photography and stories that inspire. You can pick up a copy of Outdoor by Four magazine by visiting your local bookstore or by going to outdoorx4.com. That's outdoorx, the number four, dot com.